there's two different types of people in the world. Some people believe that they are blind. You know, they can't really see. They don't really know what life is all about. They don't know why they're here. Then there's other people that really feel like they do know why they're here. And Jesus had categorized people as ones that think they're blind and yet see, and ones that see and yet they're blind in his estimation. So the question then is, where are you in this? And what does Jesus have to say to you personally? And that's coming at you now. Well, great to have you here on God's Resistance. And where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world, we have to look at what does the Bible say about my outlook, about my worldview in life, because that's going to affect the way that I live. It's going to affect who I am and what I'm doing. And in order for us to do this and to look at this properly, I want to look at John uh, chapter 9, verse 39, where Jesus said, for judgment, I am come into this world that they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. Those are some pretty potent words. So Jesus says that he's come into this world for judgment. That's a, that's a far cry from perhaps what we've been told or what we know is that most people, they would reference that verse that says, Jesus said, judge ye not, don't judge, you know? But then in this verse right here, we see that Jesus says he is come into the world for judgment. So we would ask, what's the what, what gives? Is Jesus telling the truth? Is he crazy? Is he a maniac? Or is there something that we don't understand? I would say that this is a real huge mercy, what Jesus is saying here. For judgment, I'm come into this world. We realize that there is going to be a huge judgment day, the great white throne judgment, where all the books will be opened, everything's ended. And then he's going to judge the world in righteousness. And we're going to be standing before the judge of all the world. And you know, at that point, we're not going to have another chance. We're not going to have a second chance. We're not going to be able to be, you know, um, oh, oh no, I messed up and, and Lord, please forgive me. At that point, all judgments are final. And there's going to be a heaven to gain or a hell to gain, depending on how we lived here and what we did with Jesus Christ. So Jesus in mercy says that he came to judge for judgment, I'm come in to this world, Jesus said. It's like a prejudgment. Jesus came to judge me right now so that I don't end up in eternal hell. Because if he can judge me now for the way that I'm living, then I can have a chance to remedy. Because the scripture says that it's appointed unto man once to die, then after this, the judgment. There is no second chance, there is no purgatory but we have one chance. So Jesus came into this world for judgment. So the, the, the backstory around this section of scripture right here helps us to understand a little bit more of what he means because he said that they which see not might see and they which see might be made blind. The setting here is Jesus is often, he's, he's dealing with people that are of the lower class. At least those are the ones that he seems his heart is endeared toward and their hearts are endeared toward him. So Jesus is walking in poor town areas right amongst the common people. And he finds a man who's been blind from his birth. He can't see. So Jesus walks in, asks the man if he wants to see. The man says yes. He then is healed at that moment. But the way that Jesus did it was curious. 
Jesus healed him by first spitting on the ground and mixing it with dirt to make something of like a clay ointment. He rubs it over the man's eyes. And then he says to the man, if you want to see, go wash at the pool of Siloam and then you will see. The problem was that that happened to be on the Sabbath day. You would say, well, why is that a problem? Well, because the Jews, they had the Pharisaical sect out of the time of the Maccabean revolt, which you can find in most Catholic Bibles, you'll find the Apocrypha in the center there. After the Maccabean revolt, they decided they did not want idolatry any longer. So what they were going to do was they were going to follow everything to the T. So in its beginning, it was probably a pretty decent thing. But after a while, it ended up being a scourge because the Pharisees, they ended up making the law their God and forgot God and the whole purpose behind his law. So here on the Sabbath day, they had made up so many crazy laws about what it meant to keep the Sabbath. God has made it very simple. Don't work on that day. Six days you have to work. Do not buy, do not sell. You can look in in Nehemiah as he says that. And this is a day for bodily rest and spiritual rest and the worship of God. He said, Jesus said the man was made for, um, or the Sabbath was made for the man, not the man for the Sabbath, but the Pharisees had had that all mixed up and all in a totally different way than what God had originally intended. And so in some of their laws, they had some very strange things. And some of it was this. If you have a wound that wasn't going to kill you, it wasn't life-threatening, and you were bleeding, but you weren't going to bleed yourself dry, then you needed to wait until the next day to have this healed. They also had thoughts that if you had certain ointments or whatever kind of things that you would use, that would be considered work on the Sabbath day. So you weren't allowed to use ointments. So I would ask you this question, is Jesus made that spit with the clay and in making that spit with the clay, rubbed it on the man's eyes and the man went to the pool of Siloam. Was that the very thing that healed him? It wasn't the very thing that healed him. But what Jesus was doing was trying to display to those Pharisees their proud heart their error in judgment, that they, in fact, were blind people. So you know what happens? The guy, he does what Jesus says, goes to the pool of Siloam, washes the stuff off his eyes, he opens his eyes, and now he can see. And you can imagine if you've been blind for all your life, that the moment you see is an incredible moment. So he goes around saying, I can see, I can see. He looks over here to his side, and these people are saying, What happened? Tell us. He says, well, I don't know. This man, he came up and talked to him. Well, what man? He said, I don't even know his name. I don't even know who he is, but he came up to me. He started talking to me, asked me if if I wanted to see again. And I said, yes. And he rubbed the stuff on my eyes. And then he told me to go wash at the pool of Siloam. And I washed. And the moment I did that, I can see, I can see. And at first people were excited about it, but you know, they were under such bondage fear under the Pharisees and all the crazy laws that they had made, that then in the, in the same breath, they're like, oh no, this, is, this isn't right. This isn't the way that God would want it to be according to the Pharisees. We better go get the Pharisees to come here and judge. So they get the Pharisees and what do the Pharisees do? Who did this to you? How did this happen? You tell us. So the man starts to tell them what happened. Well, you see, I was blind from my birth. This man came up to me. What man? I don't know what his name was, but this man came up to me and he and he put the stuff on my eyes and then he told me to go wash at the pool of Siloam, which I did. And when I did, my eyes were open and I can see. And they're thinking, what in the world's going on? So they go and find who 
who were, they were told, I guess, was this man's parents. And they said, are you this man's parents? And they said, we are. They said, was he blind from birth? Yeah, we've known him all our life. He's been blind from birth. And they said, well, well what happened? They said, well, we don't know what happened. He's old enough. You go ask him. He'll tell you. See, the problem was that these people were afraid to even tell the Pharisees what they had heard and, and, and understood about the situation. Because if you had transgressed some of their laws, you would be you're threatened or kicked out of the synagogue. So these people really did want to go in the synagogue. They wanted to worship. They didn't want to be totally cut off from God. This was their thinking. This is what they thought. So they said, you go ask him. He's old enough. He'll tell you because they didn't want to be kicked out of the synagogue. So what do the Pharisees do? They go back and they ask the man again, what happened? And the man says, are are you just so enamored with this man that you want to be his disciples? Well, they got very angry and they said, no, we don't want to be his disciple. They said, you're his disciple. As for this man, we don't know where he came from. He's a sinner. Now, why was Jesus a sinner according to them? Because Jesus didn't follow their man-made constructs, their man-made laws. And he actually pointed it out. So right out in the open, here's what happens. A blind man sees. It looked like there was no hope for the blind man. He wasn't going to be able to see, but yet he does see. So the blind man sees, and then the Pharisees, who thought that they could see, they were seen to be blind in front of everybody, spiritually blind. So not only was Jesus teaching them this, well, I mean, it wasn't even teaching. He was telling them this specific verse right here in John 9, 39, for judgment I am come into this world that they which see not might see, that's the blind man, and they which see the Pharisees might be made blind. So there was a spiritual application to this, but Jesus made this so manifest in the public right out in the open. There it was before everybody's eyes, they could see it. So what is this? Where do we go with this? Jesus said, for judgment, I'm coming to this world. Jesus makes a clear dividing line. There's no uh, gray area with Jesus. It's black or white. It's right or wrong. So when Jesus came, he showed what the truth of God was, and then he showed what wasn't the truth of God. And it happened that with these Pharisees, they happened to fall on the side of Jesus' displeasure, and he, he showed them that they were wrong, they were off, and they were angry about it. The people, who, the guy who is blind, they had an idea or thought then that if you had some physical sickness, you just were a wicked sinner, and you had no hope. But that wasn't what Jesus thought. Sometimes he said sickness is not there. Sin wasn't the case because in the beginning, the disciples asked, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be blind? And Jesus said, none of them. There was no sin, but this has happened so that the glory of God might be manifested. So Jesus is undoing so much kind of strange thinking that had been just pummeled in their minds, mainly because of the error of men in the people of the Pharisees. So Jesus says, I have come for judgment. He makes the clear line right here before us. Where are we going to stand? Are we going to stand on Jesus' side or are we going to go over here on the Pharisees' side? Now, there's a lot of people that perhaps look at any, any form of obedience in life or in the Christian life, and they would say, oh, this, this obedience is legalism, and they would be very upset about that. The thing is that just obedience to Christ, that's not legalism. Legalism was all these extra laws that they put on top of things to keep God's law. The truth of the matter is, 
that when you repent of your sin and you fling yourself with all of you got on the mercy of Jesus Christ, you become a free person, freed from sin, free from judgment, free from hell. You know that freedom. Religion couldn't do that. The Pharisees just had a form of godliness denying the power thereof. They had an external religion, but they did not have the reality of the heart. And Jesus came for judgment. He came to bring this in front of people's faces so that people may be judged now and saved from hell hereafter. The problem was the Pharisees didn't want to hear that. They had their own way of doing things. They had built themselves up a good life. But you know what? Jesus could have cared less for all the riches that those Pharisees desired and wanted. Jesus came here to save people from sin, to destroy the works of the devil. So he comes for judgment. And you know what? He comes for judgment in yours and my life. He comes for judgment in showing us, you know, those thoughts you have, those acts you've done, those things inside of your heart that no one else knows about. All those things are wrong in my sight. Will you repent and turn to me? And he does that for the person who's a drug addict, a prostitute, but he also does it for the person who's the religious one or the one that seems to have their life all figured out. Remember I said in the beginning, they have their philosophy of life. They know why they're here. You know, they, they've got a, a certain code by which they live, but that code's not going to save them and it won't save you. So when Jesus brings his judgment line before you, what will you do, dear listener? You must say, well, I don't want to be anything like those Pharisees. I'm not a legalist. But you know, you can be so afraid of legalism that you still don't get the freedom from sin Jesus wants. You still won't repent of your sins. You still won't walk in his light and obey him in faith and love. You won't obey him. And so you're still in danger. So what will you do? Will you be on the other side of the ditch of those religious people, the Pharisees, and still miss out on heaven? Or will you be like this blind man who felt like, you know, there's no hope. I guess I just don't get it. And yet in one single act of obedience, that man obeyed Jesus once and it was faith that caused that man to obey. In one act of obedience of faith, your life can be transformed. You can be changed. You can be a new person. You can be free. You can be the one that was blind that now sees. But to you, as we were reading right here, that thinks they see, you would be made blind. I hope that's not going to be you. I hope that you won't be blind. So how about you, dear listener? Are you going to turn and walk with Jesus Christ? Or are you going to walk toward him and allow that judgment to have its work? Your next step is to call 570-362-7782 or email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com. We're out on the Wilkes-Barre Public Square every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. and every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. where there is gospel services out there, and we hope to see you there.